Hello and welcome to Talk Ag to Me, the podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. I'm your host, Brandon Black, and today I'm joined by my sarcastic co-host, Abby O'Prins. Hey, 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 guys. I'm back. And I'd like to give a warm welcome back to our comical co-host, Evan Garcia. What's up, guys? Glad to be back. It's been a while. Yeah, so Evan, how, real quick, how was uh, Portugal? It was fantastic. You know, it's always great to go over there. It's where my pa- grandparents are from, and uh, it's just nice to see all what they have to offer and all of their old style of living. It's a lot slower pace, which was really nice for a little getaway, and I'm <laughs> glad to be back home, though. Yeah, well, we're glad to have you back. We got uh, a lot to talk about. So we'd like to thank all of you guys, first of all, for checking out our previous episode. We apologize for it being a bit of a longer one. We had to split it into uh, two parts because... We like to talk. We like to talk, so. and we did not expect it to go that long. But it's cool. It's but yeah, it was, it was a good topic. I think it was a good productive episode. So uh, yeah, so moving on, this is uh, going to be a little bit of a different episode. It's going to be along the same lines of that ag literacy um kind of subject we were talking about like when we first started this podcast one of the four segments was going to be ag literacy this is kind of the uh the big idea i had in mind when we talked about it and that's going to be different topics we can use to um discuss i mean agriculture in general but any kind of it doesn't matter if it's politics or anything any kind of discussion you want to have with a person these are just kind of tips and tricks on how to have those kinds of discussions especially if they're controversial or they can get heated pretty easily we kind of, we kind of know how to talk to people about those kinds of things without getting too emotional, so I think it's um I think it's important that we kind of start off explaining um kind of why it's important not why it's important but like why you should remain civil in in these kinds of discussions because that's something that a lot of people tend to struggle with especially in this day and age. Um, so uh, Evan, since since you're back now, why don't you start us off <laughs> kind of talking about the importance of, of remaining civil. I definitely think the main importance of being civil while having these kind of discussions is has a huge part to do with respect. You know, when, when you keep your cool and you don't get um, overly exaggerated or overconfident about what you're talking about, but you keep yourself calm, collected, and also reasonable, it really brings the respect to what you're saying as Mm -hmm. well as sharing the respect between you and whoever you're talking about. You know, in today's world, I think it's a great deal and you really get your point heard more when the person you're talking to respects you and that's a really what it comes down to when you're having a civil conversation. Well, I think it builds a lot of trust too, especially like having conversations with teachers or peers or recently going to my college orientation being able to discuss with people what was going to happen, um, it was a lot easier when you're just very calm and cool and everybody's mm-hmm. more willing to listen that way. Well, yeah, I, th- I think that's definitely, um, a, staying calm is a big aspect of having a productive conversation about any kind of topic. Um, I remember uh, there was a debate I was listening to a couple of years ago, it was between two individuals and they were talking about a really controversial topic, it was actually evolution versus religion and, you know, how you know, that thing can debate how how that uh, conversation can get, and um, it was really interesting to watch because they both had really good points on their side, but one side started to get just super um, condescending. Right, he just he started talking down the other guy, and he just started getting really aggressive with the kind of the language he was using, and he started um, kind of demeaning his opponent and just you know challenging his intelligence, saying that he wasn't qualified to be talking about this kind of stuff, and wow. it was kind of just That's really hardcore. it was really unprofessional, which was surprising because I had a lot of respect for for both of the guys arguing this, so I was I was really surprised to see that kind of side of him take out, 
And I think that kind of transitions into another um, point I wanted to make, which was there's something that, which we talked about it before when we talked to Mr. Coolwine about this, it's that I always say the first person in an argument that gets mad automatically loses. If you lose your cool, you lose the argument because it's so hard to keep that kind of image of, of you being a respectable and, and kind and civil person. Well, and it's so hard to come back from it, too, once right. you get to that point. Right. It's hard to kind of cool yourself down and just go back to having a civil discussion after you call somebody an idiot or after you just sit there and tell them that they're not qualified or tell them they don't know what they're talking about because it doesn't matter if you believe that or not. If you say that, then that doesn't benefit anybody because if you're trying to convince them of their side, of your side, then they're definitely not going to believe you. And if you're trying to get them to come to any kind of a compromise then they're definitely not going to want to come to that compromise because they don't they don't respect anything you just said you just called them an idiot so um i think that that's something that's uh, largely looked over and because you know today everyone's calling each other idiots and nobody really cares anymore because nobody respects each other anymore unfortunately um i think to uh to add a little side piece of that argument is there's there's a, a large I think that a large part of a conversation is, I'd say probably like 70% is how you act and like the 30% is what you know. Because you could give the best argument in the world, but if you give it sounding like just some obnoxious jerk, nobody's going to like you. You can give the worst argument in the world, but if you sound like you're actually trying to be reasonable, people are going to tend to listen to you more. And it has nothing to do with what points are made. If, if both people are being civil, then yeah, the points are taken into consideration. But it's all, like I said, about who can the keep... the attitude about it. Right, absolutely. And, um, which that's not to say that knowing your side isn't important, but I think it's also important to know the other person's side too. Because if you know the other person's side, you can argue your side just as well. Because you know why you believe in your side. If you don't even know what they're going to say, then, you know, what's the... What's the benefit in fighting them on it? That's a good transition into what I was thinking about bringing up, actually. So, uh, first of all, I think one of the great ways to keep um, not only your cool, but your mind clear and concise on what you're trying to say and how you're trying to um, have a conversation with someone is definitely to first listen to what they say and process it before you come back you know if you mm -hmm. if they just finished talking and you come back with something that means you weren't even listening to the end of their topic or what they were trying to say so that's the first thing is to listen and really almost regroup in your mind so you can come out with a clear thought and a clear way to continue that conversation also like you said about knowing the other person's side it's also a good tactic when having a conversation to not only know the person's side but to also kind of know the person if you get kind of a background of a person mm -hmm. one time I was having a conversation with someone and I knew what they did for part of their living and it was really easy for me to just take what they had to say I waited a second and then I turned my thoughts and put it into an analogy of what they do with their lives so it was really more um comfortable for them it was more reasonable for them to listen to because it put my perspective into their shoes mm -hmm. so it was really easy for them to see what i was talking about that what i was talking about from their perspective almost right i agree and i think that that, that first part you kind of hit on about you know taking a second absorbing everything that was just said before you say anything is is something else that's also looked over a lot because you know people are always just 
going back and forth and and that's kind of uh, where that you know the origin of um, thinking before you speak comes from a lot of people mm-hmm. don't they just say something and they think about it they said I probably shouldn't have said that well I mean Evan and I are used to this Abby you you've done speaking teams so you're used to this too it, anytime you give any kind of statement about anything it doesn't matter if it's a FFA speaking team it doesn't matter if it's a debate anything it's always a good strategy to you know if somebody asks you a question to take a second maybe three seconds sit there kind of think about your answer and then make sure that you get that answer right rather than just trying to answer the mm-hmm. fastest because you might answer it and then not be satisfied with your answer later rather than you know taking a few seconds even if it makes you look a little unprepared at first and then you you say something that's really really you know concrete and very mm-hmm. powerful back then there is going to impact them a lot more than any you know off the top of your head thing you just said um and it almost it in some cases it could make you look unprepared but also makes you look a lot more um, logically thinking, you know, if you just go right. into an answer with knowing what you want to say, but not exactly how you want to say it, that can get you into more trouble than just thinking about what you're going to say and saying it in a more logical, tactful way in order to answer the question or the conversation more um, better. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent phraseology there, Evan. Yeah. Um... I don't think phraseology is a word. Yes, it is. I don't think so. <laughs> I will look it up right now. Go right ahead. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and um, push the conversation more towards our second point now, which if you guys know me at all, you know I like to give examples for everything. For every subjective thing I say, I have to have an objective thing to support it. Um, I'm not sure if that's just a flaw of mine or if that's just something that I No, just... I think that's pretty professional. you got to have so, something to back it up. Right. So I, I, don't, I don't like just talking about things like ideas. I, I think it's... Things kind of just dang it. Are you I serious? It Phraseology is a, word. is a word. Okay. They doubt me all the time. At least just... we didn't bet on it. Like... <laughs> well, I guess if you can put eology after anything, it's a word. Uh, yeah, I mean, eology is a study of, so study of phrases. Okay, we get off topic really, really easily. Keep going. That's just yeah. Okay. okay. Second so, point. <laughs> second point. I'm gonna give you guys, which we're all gonna give you guys, some examples of tactics you can use um, in your day-to-day conversations and we're going to use agricultural examples because that's the easiest for us to relate to especially because this whole podcast is based around agriculture it's kind of the point but the these tactics can apply to everything it can be applied to politics it can be applied to any kind of <laughs> sorry <laughs> any kind of conversation that you have with anybody in public um the first of these is it's called ease e-a-s-e and this tactic was actually introduced to me by a few Cal Poly students. Go um, Mustangs! <laughs> a couple years ago at a career fair <laughs> that I went to uh, as a high school junior, and it was all based around agricultural careers. And uh, these Cal Poly students talked about, um, I literally talked about the importance of uh, communicating with the public about because they were talking about a whole lot of you know veterinary uh, medicine you know science and terms and stuff and they're talking about how a lot of people oppose them either than even teaching vet science because they think that it's cruel to animals and so they're talking about how the best way to engage in conversation with these kinds of people is using this ease tactic so ease stands for engage acknowledge share and earn trust so that first part engage is where you go into the conversation initially and that's not saying you should go and pick a fight with every single person you see about anything that's saying if somebody is going to tell tell you that you are wrong for doing something then it's it then becomes your responsibility to engage in a polit or not political a civil discussion about that thing 
And then you go into the second step, which is acknowledge. So when you acknowledge, you're acknowledging their side of the argument. You acknowledge everything that they say. You let them give any points they want to give or any statements they want to make. And you take it all in and you say, you know what? I understand what you're trying to say. I understand your side of it and you make some good points. But then you go into the third point, which is share, which is where you share your side of the argument. Whether you have some kind of personal connection with that, you could bring that in. But I tend to use more of a factual um, basis for my side of that argument but that's where you share your side of it and why it's important to you so you know you can throw in as many stats as you want in there but you always you want to make sure that you bring it back and make it a little bit more human because people are going to get bored just listening to numbers if you say something along the lines of you know you don't think that it's right for us to eat animals but i don't think it's right to you know take food away from people when animals are the most efficient way to feed the population according to all these stats so that's that's not a that's not a bad statement to make because you're not calling them bad people you're not saying that you're a bad person but you're just saying this is why i think this is important and so it's all just a matter of you know understanding both sides of it equally and getting both sides their equal opportunity to share why they think that that issue is important to them and then finally you're going to want to earn their trust and that's this is the kind of the hardest part of the whole discussion but you're going to want to try to form a basis of that person any kind of compromise you can with that person in a sense where you're both happy and you're not go, both going to be completely satisfied because it's almost impossible to satisfy everybody in, in either side of a controversial argument but if you can find any kind of compromise any kind of agreement that you two can come to like if you say okay i agree that you know i think we can come to an agreement that animals should not be treated uh inhumanely but i believe that animals should be you know given a certain amount of care and, and given the a proper life and a healthy life and they would say okay i agree with that and you if you laid a foundation and they trust what you're saying and from there is where the argument should either end right there or if you can actually get them to agree to your points and then you should do so but that's a whole separate issue so these Cal Poly students basically explain that that's one of the most effective tactics to communicating with anybody about that kind of topic is you just engage, you acknowledge their side, you share your side, and then you try to earn trust and make you know the most civil out of the conversation that you can. Just try not to let it get out of hand. Well, I think a really like important tactic I used um, as a dairy princess, especially in the classroom, trying to teach students about the dairy industry was being able to interact with them. Kind of what Evan said earlier was you take your perspective and you put it in their shoes. Speaking to elementary students, it was really important for me to be able to interact and use academic language that was at their level and use objects in their everyday life and um, use analogies in that form. And so that was really beneficial for me to be able to get my message across because especially when they ask questions, it was just very basic, very general, but if I could make it something that they could understand, it was a lot easier for them to take in my information and then positively promote that within their community and within their school to their classmates. Yeah, so I think that there's a lot of different um, <coughs> little tips and tricks that are available for us to actively communicate with the public about these kinds of things and, and still, like, you know, like Abby was saying, and still have that same kind of influential role that that's important to have. Um, but it's, it's all about, you know, like we were saying earlier, it's all about your attitude, how you act in, in those scenarios. It doesn't matter what anyone else says or what anyone else believes, how you act is all you're responsible for. You can't change their minds. You can't, you know, make them come to your side. It's all about what you do and what you're, you're responsible for your own actions is basically 
is what I'm trying to get at here. And I think your goal when going into conversations or even a civil argument uh, should not be to come out with changing the person's mind or necessarily totally changing the person's perspective. You Because if your goal is to change their mind, that could get very out of hand and that mm-hmm. can get very... Um, that can reverse your effect and make it even worse. Your goal is to enlighten the person or give them the ability to think for themselves mm-hmm. with the stuff that you know. So just kind of keep it at ease, like you said, using right. that acronym and keeping yourself composed mm-hmm. and being able to give the person enlightenment to their point of view and not necessarily changing it altogether. I think like a food for thought. It's kind of yeah. what I, like that's the thought food that like thought. just came to mind. Yeah. That if you give someone some information, it's just food for thought that they're mm-hmm. gonna think right. about. Which later. I mean, yeah, that's that's something that we went over a little bit in the episode with Cool Line as well. I mean, the whole purpose is not to win an argument. It's not to trap somebody. It's not to make somebody look stupid. The whole purpose is to just make them think. You know, just mm-hmm. don't, you know, don't try to tell them that they're wrong. Just say, hey, what if you thought about it like this, or have you thought about it in this? perspective before and you know maybe maybe they'll change their mind maybe they won't that's not something that you have a power to control it's just a matter of trying to get them to understand your side of, of the equation so one other thing I, I kind of wanted to go over because you know I have to have my uh, my articles everywhere mm-hmm. um, there's this article by this uh, site called Money Crashers and they state the five keys to having a civil political discussion or debate with you know family and friends or anybody that you meet with on a casual basis. And these five keys are respecting the, other, the opinion of the other person, don't try to change anyone's mind, check your facts, find common ground, and make sure you listen to what they're saying. A lot of what Evan was just talking about earlier, and I think that these five keys are, are really important for a lot of people to kind of take in mind because, I mean, there's a at least three or four of these that a lot of people just completely ignore um, entirely. They either don't listen or they don't try to find a common ground. Um, they're always trying to change someone's mind or they don't respect somebody's opinion or a lot of people don't fact-check themselves before they go in and say something. I mean, I've been... Um, that's what I'm looking for. I've been uh, researching. Well, not necessarily. Um, I don't remember what I'm trying to say. Anyway, I've I've gotten into discussions where um, people have told me something and I don't believe them, so I sit there and fight back. And I go I go back later and research, and I realize that they are right. Mm. So it's all just a matter of keeping. Maybe that maybe what you said was right a few years ago, but it's always a matter of you know. You have to up, update it. Yeah, you have to update your research. You have to update your knowledge on various topics because things might change. So I think those... Yeah, you know, the other day I caught myself on the flip side of something that happens a lot of time in the ag industry where you see from especially um, the PETA organization videos of Mm -hmm. stuff that is not true, you know, all the time. So I caught myself scrolling through Twitter and I saw a video of something that's also a very controversial topic and I was watching and I was like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. And it had nothing to do with agriculture. It was a totally separate, controversial topic. Mm-hmm. I caught myself looking at it, and, you know, instantly you believe it, you know, because right. you see it. And then I thought for a second about how people post little videos about agriculture that aren't true. So I decided to kind of, you know, research this certain topic and look at other people's comments and come to realize that it's not necessarily true what the video showed. Right. And so I just – it was – I had that – 
ability to see how other people view agriculture because of the videos you know i was almost a victim of that mm -hmm. with this video but then i um realized that i had to do my own research so it was just kind of enlightening for me to see how easy it is to get trapped in a 30 second video that you see mm -hmm. scrolling through twitter so i really hope that a lot of people come to realize that you can't always believe what you see right for 20 seconds 30 seconds right. however long it is no and and the amazing thing about this day and age is you know finding out the truth about any kind of topic is is just you know a five second google search and you have the answers right there so it's like it's not a, it's not really a matter of it's hard to get information anymore mm -hmm. and it's just it's easier to believe what's in front of your face you're literally looking at your phone you scroll through Twitter and you see this thing, you can literally just close that app, go into your Safari app or your Google Chrome app, and then you pull up Google, and right there you have the answer. So mm -hmm. it's like, I think just a lot of people tend to neglect that because it's easier just to read what's right there and just believe it because they see it. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of the common Especially problem. when they give you a visual. Right, right. I mean, uh, seeing is believing has been a common phrase forever, and that's not always the truth anymore. I mean, yeah, have you ever seen the Santa Claus movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Sure. I mean, I guess. That, <laughs> seeing I, is not believing. Believing is seeing. You're right. You're right. That's what Charlie said. <laughs> We're just going to quote Charlie now? <laughs> his name isn't even Charlie. Yes, it, yes, is. it is. On the Charlie? Santa Claus movie. His son's In name real is... life, though. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting off topic. Okay. <laughs> We're getting off topic. All right. So one last thing I want to wrap up here before we go into our third and final point is that there's just a couple other tips that weren't on that site that I wanted to go over. And one of the most important tips, and I've told people this when I'm helping them with speeches or when they're going into competitions or when they're about to, like if they're trying to get an argument with somebody online, it's always, I always tell them this, it's okay to admit that you're wrong. If you realize that they have you in a corner and you have no way out, it's okay to say, you know what? You're right, I didn't do enough research on this topic. Don't keep um, fighting it. Right. It's not worth it. The, the more you fight it when you don't know what you're talking about, the, the deeper the hole you dig is. It will and, be and, so much worse. Right, and it just makes you look like a, like an idiot, and it's just it's, it's a lot easier to admit that you're wrong and take that loss rather than to sit there and just dig it deeper and take an even bigger loss because you don't realize or you don't, you're too stubborn to just admit that maybe you don't know what you're talking about or maybe you haven't done enough research on what you're talking about. And that's perfectly fine. It's also okay to maybe not admit that you're wrong. Just say, if somebody brings up a point, you say, you know what? I haven't done enough research on that topic to have a comment on it. I'm not going to address that mm -hmm. until I do more research. That's Which was a too. big, um, a big kind of tactic when we were doing extent practice. I right. remember always talking about Kuwain said that it's okay to not say something if you're not sure about it, you know, not give an answer. So if a judge, and I've actually, I think I did it once or twice where a judge would ask me a question I wasn't fully sure about, but I said, you know, I'm not 100% on um, the answer to that, but I do know this fact, right. which would lead me to think that this is true, even though I wasn't 100% sure. It's just a reasonable explanation and but not necessarily stating something that was false absolutely and that's always that's another thing I was going to get to is maybe you don't know the exact answer that they're looking for but if you say you know what my research hasn't brought me to the conclusion that you're asking for but I did find this like Evan was saying you'd find an alternative answer that can maybe lead to the answer that they're looking for so that's always an option too mm -hmm. so just don't sit there and beat the dead horse until you're dead yourself like there's there's no way to win an argument if you don't know how to how to fight it so and we went over the others a few times you know just know both sides of the argument like the back of your hand if you're going to get into an argument 
Um, don't pick a fight every time you see one breaking out. You just you know you gotta pick mm-hmm. your battles. Keep it civilized and composed. Keep it civilized and composed, and always try to make sure you can come to some kind of agreement. Always try to end on a positive note because then at least you come away with a better you know state of mind than just being mad and, mm-hmm. and wanting to sit there and just punch that person. And you know just it's mm-hmm. easier just to say you know what we're not gonna come to any kind of you know, we're neither one of us is gonna go to the other side. Let's see if we can find an agreement and just end it like right there. That way, we can both just walk away from here calm. And that's that's sometimes that's what you got to do because some people um, will sit there and fight all day. Sometimes you have to be the bigger man and just say, "I'm not gonna sit here and argue with you all day because neither of us are gonna give up. I'm just gonna say, mm-hmm. let's just find an agreement and just let's just say goodbye." Yep. And sometimes you know, I've, I've done that a couple of times, and I've I've had to be in that position where somebody's had to quit too, and it's just. It's not a matter of giving up. It's a matter of there's better things to do with your time. Mm-hmm. So we're going to wrap up here with our final points. Can and I start this one? Yeah. Abby, okay. go ahead. So the third point is basically what if we don't talk about ag literacy? So I get an email every Monday from the Horde Dairyman magazine, which is a dairy magazine. <laughs> so they have a whole bunch of articles in there. And on this email, it showed um, talking about um, dairy literacy. So I was like, oh, okay, like, we're going we're gonna to click on this. <laughs> so I clicked on it, I started reading the article, and um, there was a convention or a conference that happened in Arizona, and there were seven women that were from the Arizona area. Mm. And they would go into the, they pulled them from the grocery store um, when they would go and shop in the dairy aisles. And so they asked them, well, what do you want to see on your packages, or what do you, what do you purchase? Mm-hmm. And so they said, I look for natural, organic, um, just any label that you can think of that shouldn't be on the package that was actually on the package, they purchased. Gotcha. So they're standing up in front of this crowd of dairymen, and so they're explaining themselves where they said, I don't want hormones in my milk, I don't want anything in my cheese or my butter, any dairy products, they didn't want anything wrong with it, they wanted it completely natural, they bought grass-fed beef, it was seriously the whole nine yards. (laughs) So the dairyman told them that, um, especially like with the example of like grass-fed beef, that um, that wasn't like a rule. It was kind of just like an exception. Like if you wanted to raise beef grass-fed, like you totally could. Um, but after the dairyman said that, the women were just in fear. They were in shock. They didn't understand. And so um, a, a lot of dairymen went up to them afterwards and said, if you want to come have a tour on my dairy, you're more than welcome to because it's very obvious that you don't understand a lot of what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And so they were talking about sustainability, um, reproduction, crops, nutrition, anything and everything about the dairy industry to these women. And they were just appalled that this is actually what happened. But then afterwards, especially when they went to go visit the dairy, it was they were much more understanding of what happened. <laughs> and so being able to promote that kind of literacy and reading that, I think that was very <laughs> beneficial. Um, even just seven women, that was... That's more more than yesterday. So. Right. And I like to add a little food for thought on that. <laughs> something you brought up that I thought was kind of interesting. So I went to a um, nutrition seminar the other day, you know, Ooh. me and being all fancy, healthy and stuff. I know, I know. <laughs> and they were, they were talking a lot. And you know, nutrition, a lot of the um, big nutrition stuff you see is vegan, organic, right. all natural and stuff, oh, yeah. grass-fed, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, these people were talking about how their beef, they um, – they recommend you or prefer you to do grass-fed beef because not necessarily they believe um, grain-fed beef is bad. They said grass-fed beef will be high on your omega-3s, which most people are deficient in. So it was an acceptable um, statement. But they also said that, you know, but it is more expensive. So, I mean, if you do 
if you do get grain-fed beef, it's not a bad thing. It's just we recommend that you take these omega-3 pills to help you um, be more efficient omega-3s right. you know, for your health. Right. So they were just they weren't promoting conventionally grain-fed beef as something that's bad. They were just saying um, if you want the omega-3s already built into your food, grass-fed would be good. Huh. You know, so that's I think we need to see more of that in the industry being level-headed. You know, they said it's not a problem if you don't. There's other solutions, but it right. would just be more practical instead of going the other way if you're looking for that specific situation you know what i mean they were being very i was very impressed by how they were bringing about that right that's very professional yeah i I think that's something that a lot of um if you're going to push that kind of message that you like evan was saying you do need to have a little bit more of a balanced um Mm -hmm. aspect to you need to give them you know if you don't want to do this thing Mm -hmm. then there's this alternative and they immediately started talking like when they immediately started talking about you know, grass fed beef. I was like, oh my gosh, here we go. <laughs> but then they brought up, again. they brought up. You know, it's a, you know, it is more expensive, and it is okay if you don't get it. You just should probably do this. You know, it's just right. however way you see. You know, right. but it was yeah. very professional. I was very happy that they did that. Yeah, that's a very respectable approach to that. See, that's the approach you got to take. Right. That was and, the perfect yeah. example. And because there, there's a huge misconception that like grass-fed beef and green-fed beef people are at ends all the time. Mm-hmm. That they're always fighting. And that's not necessarily true. I know people who who grow both. They grow mm-hmm. a grass-fed beef operation. They grow a green-fed beef operation. Mm-hmm. It's not that they're opposed to each other. It's that they're just two different dietary options. And mm-hmm. you have the choice of whatever you want, but people don't realize that because mm-hmm. usually one market's just theirs and the other market's just theirs mm-hmm. and they never say, hey, there's another side to this story that you don't know about. So, yeah, I think that kind of um, well defines our last point here is that, you know, there are consequences to having an, an uneducated public. Like Abby was saying with that story, it helps out any chance you can just, you know, it becomes our responsibility as being ag- ag- agriculturally literate to go and educate those who are not in the most civil way possible. But like I was saying, don't go pick a fight with anybody mm-hmm. that's, that's disagreeing with you. Be smart. There's a difference between picking a fight and educating somebody. You true. can, you know, you can, you can go up to somebody in a grocery store that's looking at fruit saying that the organic one is healthier than the non-organic one. <laughs> and you can go up to them and, and, and properly teach them about the difference it's a lot better than just walking up and saying you're wrong don't yeah. choose the fruit <laughs> yeah yeah what's what's wrong with you? throw the don't, fruit across the room the like no it's not gonna no, yeah it's like gonna saying you're killing people by eating organic food like no that's there's there's a much easier way to do this and that's there's something a that, fine line <laughs> right so i think it's important for people to understand that that it's it's good to educate people it's not good to sit there and fight people mm-hmm. to no end so i think those are kind of the main points you wanted to go over and like we were saying this applies to more than just agriculture i mean we were, sure. we were talking Any about this conversation with an agricultural background because that's what the show's all about but in any know. kind of conversation i mean we see this all the time in 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 society today is just incivility is popping up like you know like wild weeds but it doesn't have to be that way mm-hmm. we can you know we can start it here just in you know, incivility or a a return to civility movement you know just sit there and just try to be as civil as possible with any kind of discussion you have doesn't matter if you flat out think the person is you know torturing puppies you know just try to be civil we're not saying that people torture puppies but i'm just saying it doesn't matter what you think of the now that is not okay no (laughs) i don't care who you are don't torture no puppies i'm not condoning torturing puppies but i'm just saying it doesn't matter what you think of that person how you act is entirely up to you Mm -hmm. you shouldn't seep to anyone's anyone else's level and on that on that note 
I think we're going to end the episode here. So That's I'm, good. I'd yeah, like to yeah. thank everybody for, for coming out. I'd like to thank my co-hosts here for, for being on the show. I'd like to uh, welcome Evan back to the show. Um, You're I'm, so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. I'd like, to, uh, yeah, I'd like to wish all of you luck in your future civil discussions. Well, your, thank you. <laughs> to all of our audience as well. You mm-hmm. know. And, um, yeah. Oh, and one more note. We still haven't figured out a date. We're working on it. By the time this goes up, we will have a date because I'm going to be on these guys forever until they give me a date. But we're going to have the live stream up. Y'all should see my face right now. (laughs) (laughs) She's giving me the utmost of sass. That's why she's she's a sarcastic co-host and Evan's the comical co-host. So we're having a live stream coming out in the next... By the next episode, we will have a date, I promise. And we will let you guys know, hopefully as soon as possible. And I I don't break a promise. I'd like to have that live stream going. It's going to be a call-in episode. It's going to be fun. We're going to have Brandon and the other two on here. We're going to have this whole thing going. The other two? What you see the other two now? You two are already here. Brandon's not here, so I had to... (laughs) Okay. Whatever. Yeah. So... Okay. We're going to have Eat your words. We're going to have all four of us on. We might even have a, a, you know, a guest a guest come in and, and talk for a little bit. I, we'll see what happens. I'm going to make some phone calls. But yeah, that's coming up, you know, it's coming down the pipe in the next two, three weeks, hopefully. Yeah. If yeah. these guys can get me a freaking date. I told you, by the next episode, I promised, I don't break a promise. All right. All it right, will happen. All right. So, yeah, on that note, I'd like to thank all of you guys for tuning into this episode. If you haven't, go check out our other episodes. Go follow us on all of our social media accounts because you guys have been killing it with the support. I'd like to um, request all of you guys subscribe, though, because I've noticed we've had, you know, 100 views and 30 subscribers. So there's a a little bit of a gap there, guys. So, yeah, thank you guys all so much for tuning in. And um, I appreciate all of your guys' support, but... Yeah, please, please subscribe. See y'all later. We'll see you guys, and don't forget, if you ate today, thank a farmer. <laughs>